Today's daf is Bavakama daf Kuf Yotes, the very last daf of Meseches Bavakama, and we have two lines from the top of daf Kuf Yotes Amid Aleph, the two dots, Veloi Mishoimre Peiros Vechulu. Today's daf is being learned as a schus for Achenu Bnei Yisrael Hanesuna Batzara Vashivya. Today's daf is being learned as a schus Rufuah Shalema for Shendel Devora Bas Rochel and Nechama Bas Alta Malka. Today's stuff is also being learned to Ilu Nishmas, Yaakov Aryeh, Ben Yehoshua Shmuel. So before we begin the daf, just want to be moidia the Olam, that Be'ezus Hashem, Thursday night of this week, we are, as a Chabura, going to be having the Siyam in Torah Links. That's where the live shir is, 1301 Central Avenue in Lakewood. It is going to begin with a live Bava Metziah Daf Beis. The Sim is going to be a buffet slash kumzitz. It's called for 7 p.m. Everybody is invited. However, we do request that the Olam RSVP, you can go to lakewoodafiyomi.com forward slash siyum.html. Either way, on that note, the last Daf in Meseches Bavakam. So the Mishnah had said that you're not allowed to buy fruit or wood from someone whose parnasa is that he watches payrolls. So if somebody watches payrolls and the next thing you know, he's selling payrolls or he's selling eitzim, the person's chasha that maybe he stole the payrolls, he stole the eitzim, and that's how he got a hold of this chayra, and that's why he's selling it. Thus, there's a halach in Shulchan Aruch that you're not allowed to buy etzim or peiros for someone that's a shomer peiros. Zok the Gemara, Rava, that's the right here, says, Zovin Shabishto Me'arisa. He once bought vines from an aris, from a sharecropper. So sharecroppers were people that worked in other people's fields, and they were entitled to a percentage of the produce. So Rava bought vines, from an artist. Amalei Abayas, Abayah told Ravah, Vatanan, we learned in our mission, of Eloi Mishoimre Peiros, Eitzimu Peiros, now let it buy, Eitzimu Peiros from Shoimre Peiros, and artist is like a Shoimre Peiros, to an extent, and if that's the case, what you did violates a Mishnah. Amalei, so Ravah told Abayah, Hani Mili B'Shoimre, the last thing for the Aramidi. This that the Mishnah said that you're not allowed to buy from Shoimre Peiros, it means people that all they are is Shoimre Peiros, meaning this person runs security for a field. He's a watchman. Aval Aris, the Islay Begave, but a sheercropper, being that he gets paid with some of the payrolls and some of the Eitzim, if he's selling Eitzim of Paris, you're allowed to assume that what he's selling is from his shear, and as a result, it's not going to be a problem. In other words, Rava told Abaya that Shoimer uh, Peiros and Enoris have in common that they both watch the field, but there's a fundamental difference in that the Shoimer Peiros got paid in cash, as opposed to the Aris, he got paid in Schayra. Thus, if you're buying Peiros from a Shoimer Peiros, there's a good chance that he stole it. If, however, you buy Peiros from an Aris, it's possible he stole it, but why would you be a person It's also very possible that what he's selling came from his shear. As a result, the Allah of the Mishnah would not apply. Tonarabana Nabrais. Shoimre Peiros, Loikhmehem, 
you're allowed to buy from Shomer Peiros if they're Yoshvin Umoyer. They're sitting and they're selling Basalim Lefneim and they have a basket of Peiros in front of them, but Turtini Lefneim and they have a scale to weigh it. Meaning, if they're doing it in a way where it just doesn't look like what they're selling is stolen, it's so Befarhesia, in that case, you'd be allowed to buy even from Shomer Peiros. If, however, this person who sells the Peiros, he says, listen, I'm putting it in a brown paper bag and Make sure nobody sees you leave. Well, then already you have to be suspicious. So even if he does it in somewhat of a public way, still it's not going to be okay. You let a buy from them if they're selling at the entranceway of the garden. If you have to know how to knock and they take you to a back room somewhere, then it's always going to be awesome. If somebody's a goslin, are you let a buy things from him? So obviously if he wants to sell the thing that was stolen... That's super complicated as per Perik Merubo, Agoizalaitzim, Agoizalomaichel. But the question is this person is known to be a Goslin. He's someone, for example, that's Pasla Edas. He's someone who's a Chashida Shvua. He's a Goslin. He wants to sell something to you. Does that mean because he's Becheska's Goslin, he can't buy anything or not? So Rabbi Marab said, If you know for a fact that most of the things that he owns belongs to him, so then you're allowed to buy things from him. And the reason is because you always go Basarayv. Call the Parish, Meruba Parish. You assume that whatever he's selling is something that actually belongs to him. Shmuel Mamashmuel says, Even if some of the things that he has belongs to him, where Chayesh Lamiyuta, and that would be enough for someone to be able to buy things from him. The Gemara says, Oirile Rav Yehuda la Rav Yehuda taught Adadaila. So Adadaila is a person, but this is not a person that had two names, because we know people usually didn't have Dushemois. They usually didn't have two names. Ada, says Rashi, was the person's name. Daila means Shamish de Rabbanon, so it's more of a toyar. But the point is, Rabbi Yehuda told Ada Daila, that Allah is like Shmuel, and as long as this Goslin has a mute of things that weren't stolen, that would be enough for you to be able to buy things from it. The obvious question that the Rishonim grapple with is, what happened to the Halachos of Rav? What happens if there's a moiser? And this moiser now has money. Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, if you want to take away his money and get rid of it, that's something you're allowed to do. And the other one said, it's not something you're allowed to do. So the Gemara explains, that said that it's mutter to take the moment of a moiser and be ma'abed The reason he held that way is simply, being that you're allowed to kill a moiser, so it makes sense that you're certainly allowed to take away his money, right? If you can take away his life, then... For sure, you can rob him. Umandamar asula abdi. The mandamar that says that no, you're not allowed to take away his money. The reason is duma habali zara ma'alya, because there's always a possibility that this moiser is going to have good children. Vechsiv, and the pasuk says yachin v'tzadik yilbosh v'kesef noki yachaloik. And the way Chazal understood this Pasuk is that Hashem sometimes has the Roshas, even though it doesn't say the word Rosh in the Pasuk, but Rosh is the Hezber. That sometimes the Rosh is going to make his achanas and he's going to make preparations and he's going to amass wealth and the purpose of the wealth that he amassed is going to be the Tzadik Yilbosh, so that a Tzadik is at some point going to have what to wear. Meaning, there's an idea that sometimes the Rishoim attain wealth for the Tzadik. This Moiser is a bad guy but maybe he's going to have good children. And being that maybe he's going to have good children, so therefore we don't want to take away his money. So to take away his life is one thing. But to take away his money, that's already something that we're not going to do. So a uh, moister is someone that you're allowed to kill. 
Does that mean you can take away his money? One mandama said, The other mandama said, no. Because when it comes to money, there is a cheshbin of Dilma Havale Sarah Ma'alya. Maybe he's going to have good children. And it's based on that that we don't want to take this person's money away. We showed him say that this whole discussion of taking away the money of a moiser is only when you're not dealing with an active moiser. Meaning, if there's a moiser right now that's in the act of committing a crime, then he's a roidif, and then you do whatever you have to do. And if you think that by taking away his money, you're going to somehow take away some of his power, some of his influence, then for sure that's something that you would be allowed to do. Really, the chiddush of this halach is that a moiser, someone that's becheskis moiser, even if right now he's not in the process of mastering, Old school, you're allowed to deal with him. I read bites from the last machzer. But this is something that you're allowed to do. The chiddish is that even though he's not in the process of being a moiser, you're allowed to do that. Thus, you would have thought maybe when it comes to Mammon as well, Mom Mando Amr said that in fact that's the case. The other Mando Amr said that that's not something that you're allowed to do. Before we go weiter, I think it's Kedai to mention. So you have here a machloikis with regards to the money of a moiser. Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. Chadama mutala abdebiyad. One man said mutala abdebiyad. The other one said osal abdebiyad. What does this machloik is boiled down to? The man that said that it's mutala abdebiyad, it's kalvachoymer. If you're allowed to kill him, for sure you can take away his money. The one that said osir is tumahavle zaram alya. And being that he might have zaram alya, it's for that reason that we're going to be sensitive. So Rav Ruven Margolis in his Sefer Shem Oilam, where he deciphers and decodes all the Chad Omars, Chad Omars, and tries to figure out which one of the Amayram said which one of the positions. So he said, Ulai, you could say, there's a Medrash Rabbah in Parshas Bereshis, it's Parsha Chav Beis. So the Medrash says as follows, Rav Yudan v'Rav Huna v'Rabana. Rav Yudan Oymer, Rav Yudan said, it says, after Cain killed Hevel, so Hashem tells Cain, the voice of the bloods of your brother are tsoyak in Eli. So Rav Yudan said, it doesn't say, what does it say? is plural, is in the singular. Cain killed one person. Said, Rav Yudan is coming to teach me that that I don't only hear the blood of Hevel that you killed, but I hear the blood of Hevel and all his generations. Because by you killing him, essentially you're going to be responsible not only for killing him, but for killing all the potential and everything that could have came from him. Rafuna said the same exact halacha, meaning the same idea, but he learned it from somewhere else. He learned it from the Pasik that says, as Dmei Novois. So Achav kills Novois, and the Pasik refers to the bloods of Novois. Hashem says, I'm going to avenge Dmei Novois. It should have said, Dam Novois. It doesn't say that. Rather, what it says is Dmei Novois. So he said, oh, Domei Vedam Zaroiso. So Rafuna said the same drasha. Rabbanan Amri, the Rabbanan had the same drasha, and they learned it from a third Pasik. And this is in Divrei Ayom and Beis. The Pasik says, Vayomos Bidam Yehoyada, that Yehoyada was killed. And again, it says, Bidam Yehoyada, it doesn't say Bidmei Yehoyada, and the reason is because it wasn't just Yehoyada, but it was Yehoyada and Dam Zariyosa. So Rav Margola says, you have three Tanoi, Rav Yudon, Rav Huna, and the Rabbanon. They all had the same exact Joshua, that when a person kills somebody, he's not just killing him, but he's killing all the Deiris that are going to come from him. And they all learned it from three different Psukim. Rav Yudin learned it from a pasuk in the Torah, Parshas Bereshis, Kol That's the Josh everybody knows. Rav Huna learned it from Malachim Beis, from Demei Novois, and Rabbanon learned it from Divrei Ayom in Beis, 
Why did everybody not just learn it from Hevel? It's the same drasha. Could have said dam, it says dame. It's not like you like this drasha better than that drasha. It's the identical drasha. So if that's the case, then Bishloima Rav Yudan, I understand. He learned it from a Pasuk in the Torah. Rav Huna learned it from a Lachim Beis. The Rabbana learned it from Divri Ayyaman Beis. That on the Rabbana, why they learned it from Divri Ayyaman it doesn't bother me so much. And the reason is, you've mentioned this many times in the daf, there's a Vayikra Rabbah that says, The whole Divri Ayyamim was given for Drasha. So if I have a Pasuk in Divri Ayyamim, so I'm more confident with my Drasha because I know, And he says that the truth is that what's the Diuk? The Diuk is the fact that it says the word Meh. Meaning, it could have said it in the singular and it said it said it in the plural. We know in the Torah it says, Chushim. should have said Ubendon. It says Ubnedon. Zoysay Meres. Sometimes the Torah will say something that could have been said in the singular, in the plural. So the Jerusha is a good Jerusha, but you could be mefakfik with it a little bit. So maybe the Rabbanon felt that in a passing in the Torah, Nunu, but Divri Hayame was like, Nitna Eloli Doresh. So but they already have a base for the Jerusha. But he says, Rav Huna, who learned it from Elohim Beis, He's not learning it from Divriya Yamim that was like Nin Ali Darish. He's learning it from a Pasik Malachim. So if you're learning it from a Pasik Malachim, then why not learn it already from the Pasik and the Torah? Parshish Piratius. Cold Meochichot Sayakamela. Sakur Rav Margolis. I think the Pshat says that. The Pshat is that when we say that a person who kills someone, he's responsible not only for killing him, but he's responsible for killing his virus as well. Okay, makes sense, right? There's something very rational about it. But the truth is, you could be ma'ir a little bit. Why? It's a little drushy. Because the Gemara says in Erev and Nafid Gimel Namibes that for years, the Talmidim and Shammai and Talmidim and Philil, they had a, a debate whether it would have been better for man to have never been born or is it a good thing that we were born? And the Gemara says, Nimnu va'amru noyach le'la'adam shalai nivra misha nivra. Now that we're born, you make the best of it. Yifashvesh b'maisov, yimashvesh b'maisov. But really, noyach le'la'adam shalai nivra, yoysim misha nivra. Toysvesh, Avatar in Erev and Yogimel Amabes asks Akasha, he says that the Gemara says in Avodazara, Dafheya Medalev, Bo Venachsik Toivala Meseno, Shomolehen Loichatu, Loibanu Loyla. We're not for the fact that our Zayda sin, we would have never came into the world. Meaning it's a good thing that we're alive. So Frank Toysis Noyach, Loyladam Shalai Never Mishan Ivro, he have a Gemara that says, let's be Machsik Toy for the Yidden that worshiped the Ego. Because of them, there was death. Thus, in order for the world to continue, we had to be born, but otherwise we wouldn't have been born. Why would it have been a good thing? For us to be born, why are we being machzik toiv? We should be kafui toiv over the fact that we were born. Because noich lo adam shloim nivra. So toiv says two terutzim. In the second terutz, toiv says is hocha iri b'stam bnei adam. Stam bnei adam noich lo adam shloim nivra yosem shenivra. Avol tzadik ashra v'ashrei doiray. When you're dealing with a tzadik ashra v'ashrei doiray, all the doirays that come from a tzadik is not shayim. So he said yesh loimar. Heaven was a tzadik. He wasn't Adam, who was Yitzir Kapiv Shalakadosh Baruch Hu, but he was Bra Karadavua of Adam, who was Yitzir Kapiv Shalakadosh Baruch Hu. So to say that if you kill Hevel, you're going to be Achroi, not just for killing Hevel, but for killing all his Doris, because Koyol Demeyo Chichat Soyakimelai, that's not such a Chiddush, because the Doris of the tzaddik is Ashra ba'ashri doiroi. And like Toysva says, for his doiris, it's noyach lo'ilo adam shenivra, yoysem mishaloi nivra. But as it relates to stam b'nei adam, alzen nema de'klal in Erev and Yud Gimel Amad Beis, noyach lo'ilo adam shaloi nivra, yoysem mishanivra. 
So said Rav Ruvim Ragolis, Rav Huna wanted to show that not only are you a chroy for the doyrus that come from a tzaddik, you're even a chroy for doyrus that come from stam bnei adam. No voice was stam bnei adam. And because he was stam bnei adam, no one ever heard anything too good about him or anything too bad about him. And as a result, if the Pasik still says, Kol Dmei Novois. So that means that you're Achroi, even for the Dam of Novois, that's already a bigger Chiddush. And that means this is true not only for the Tzaddik, but it's even true for the Benini and the regular person, or maybe even the Rosha, whose Doiris are Doiris that maybe the Hergish is Noyachloi Lodem Shloi Nivra, but it doesn't matter. There's still Allah of Shvichas Daman, and you're still going to be Achroi, even if that person didn't come into the world yet, where all you're doing is preventing him from coming. It doesn't matter. That's still going to be enough for the man. See, so what's the Pshat? What would be the reason for that? What would be the reason for that? So here's the punchline. He says, probably, because even if you have a Stam Ben Adam, even if you have a person that maybe is Nishkan Grace Tzadik, but at the same time, there is an Indian of Dilma Havale Zaramalyo. You never know who's going to come from a person. And there's always a Chashash and a good Chashash. And maybe he's going to have Zaramalyo. In other words, Rafuna said that this Indian of being sensitive to the demay and even for the future generations is true even for someone like Novois. And why is it true even for someone like Novois? Because Dilma Havale Zaramayos. He said, Yeh Shloima, you have a Gemara here, Mamun Masu, Rav Hunev Rav Yehuda, Chadama Mutala Abde Biyad, Chadama Asal Abde Biyad. What's the Svarat that it should be Asal Abde Biyad? Because Dilma Havale Zaramayos. You know who said it? Rav Hunev Lashitasai, Embraces Rabbah, Parsha Chav Beis. It's Rav Hunev who holds that. It's rather saying a little bit of a knech and pshat in the Gemara. In other words, the other man, the Amar, holds that we're not concerned. Dilma havale zaramalya. Alzeh gufa anudonen. Rafuna l'shitasa holds that Dilma havale zaramalya. Either way, zok to Gemara vayti. Rav Chizda havale yahu arisa. Rav Chizda had an aris. He had a sheer crapper that worked for him. David tokel v'yov, tokel v'shakel. So when he would make his yachloiku of but when he would make his Yachloiku together with Rav Chizda, the way he did it was he would measure and take, measure and give. So Rav Chizda saw what he did. He was very, very disappointed. He removed him. Now he didn't remove him. He said, I'm terminating your contract with cause. Should have read the fine print. I get to keep everything. And Karan Nafsheh, he was so happy with what just happened. He said, This person was a chayte. And Hashem had kept all of his nechassin uh, for Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda ended up having a little bit of a windfall. You know, Rav Chizda was a tremendous Aisha. He was Turk. The Gedula B'malkam Echad, I guess this is one of the, the ways that Rav Chizda somehow had fallen into money. But the point is, Rav Chizda was very disappointed at his Aris. And the reason is, because he was Tokel the Yahiv, Tokel the Shakel. So the question is, what was he doing wrong? Right? One for me, one for you. It sounds like that's the way you're supposed to do a Yachoyku. So Rashi has two pshat. And one pshat Rashi says is, he was medaktik bechaluka ve'enoi mevater mechalkei klon. He was a real stickler. He was mamish and nickel and dimer. And he was being so medactic in that somehow caused Rav Chizda to believe that he's not an Erlich guy. Another pshat Rashi says, which is certainly more posh that, yeah, it was one for me, one for you. The problem is the contract said you know, one for you and two for me. Meaning he was violating the terms of the contract. Being that he was violating the terms of the contract, that was a problem. I had been marshal for a little bit more beer. Zok to Gemara. It says in the Pasek, ki matikvas chonev ki yivtza, ki yeshel elikan nafshet. So Pasek, what the Pasek is saying is, what tikva is there for a chonev, a bad guy, ki yivtza, if he's going to steal? Ki yeshel elikan nafshet. Because Hashem is going to take away his nefesh. So if someone's a gazlin, 
removes his soul. So what does this mean? Rafun of Rabchis, there was Machlikes, Rafun of Rabchis, Achadam, and Nafshe, the Nigzal, one Adam said, it's referring to the Nefesh of the Nigzal. The Chadam, and Nafshe, Shal Gazlin. The other Adam said, it's referring to the Nafshe, Shal Gazlin. So this is a little nuance. Nafshe, the Nigzal means that if a person steals from someone, Hashem is going to view it as if you took away his Nefesh. Now all you did was steal. You're a Gazlin. But we're going to view it as if you actually killed him. And that's what it means. Ki matik vas chonev ki yiftza, ki yeshalalika nafsha. Ki yiftza, if you're going to steal, yeshalika nafsha, Hashem is going to view it as if you took away his nefesh. So we're going to treat you as if you're a ritzach, as if you're a murderer, not as if you're a gazan. The other man said, no. What the Pesach is saying is, Don't be a gazlin, because if you're going to be a gazlin, Hashem is going to take away your nafesh. So, nafshay the nigzal means, we're going to view it as if you took away nafshay the nigzal, or nafshay shal gazlin, which means that you yourself are going to be high of misa for what you did. And the Gemara says, each one of these positions and sheetas have a source. It says... A posik kein archois kol boitzeya botza es nefesh ba'olav yikach. So again, we're talking about a gazlin. Kol boitzeya botza is a gazlin. Es nefesh ba'olav yikach. We look at it as if he took the nefesh. Now he didn't. He's a gazlin. He's not a ritzeh, but that's the way we're going to view it. Mandam and nafshah shal gazlin. The mandam says nafshah shal gazlin. The chsiv, it's based on the following posik. Al tigzo do kidalhu. Don't steal from a poor person because he's a poor person. If you look at Rashi, Rashi teaches the posik. Al tigzo dal Kidalhu, meaning despite the fact that he's a poor person. So you're going to have to tell yourself, what can I take from him? Four years is an Oremah. Either way, Val Tadaki Oni Bashar. And the reason is, the next Pasuk, Hashem Yorav Rivam, Vikova Es Koiveyem Nafesh. Hashem is going to avenge this poor person that you stole from. You know what he's going to do? Vikova Es Koiveyem. That's the retribution. That's the Oynish. Nafesh. He's going to take away your Nafesh. So you see a Makar that when somebody steals, we take away the Nafesh of the Gazan. Either way, each one has a source. So I'll come up with the Nami Yoksiv Nafesh Ba'olav Yikach. The Mandaman that says Nafesh Shal Gazan, don't we have this Pasuk, Nafesh Ba'olav Yikach? It sounds like. Fakir, the idea and the Indian is that when a person steals, he's taking away the nefesh of the Bailam, or at least that's the way we view it. So the Gemara says, My Baal of Baal of the Hashta. Now, the way you read that Pasik is actually in line with Nafshe Shol Gazlan. It's not the nefesh of the Bailam who was previously the owner, it's the nefesh of the Bailam that's the owner now. Now, you're going to tell me a Gazlan is a Bailam? Of course, finishing Bavakama now. When a person steals, he makes Kenyon Exela, he owns it with regards to. The fact that he's chayiv and oinsin, if there's a shinui later, yiyush, etc., he can make a full-fledged kinyan. Either way, that's who the Bailam is. The man that says, isn't there a good basis from the Pasik? The Kavas Kavem Nafesh, it sounds like Hashem's going to punish, and the punishment's going to be, he's going to take away the Nafesh. So the Gemara says, the way you read that Pasik is, Matam Kamar. Matam Vekavas Kavem. Not Vekavas Kavem Nafesh, as in Nafesh is the punishment. Nafesh is the reason for the punishment. Not the punishment, the reason of the punishment. The kava es koveya. Why? Because of the fact that you took away this person's nefesh. If somebody steals from a person, even a shavu it's as if he took away his nefesh. The pasuk says, "Kain arches kol beitzei abatza es nefesh ba'olav yikach." The drasha that we just had, like the mandama that holds nafshoi. Shell nigzal. So if somebody steal from someone, we look at it as if he took away his nisham. For Imer, there's another pasuk that says the same exact idea. It says va'achal k'tzircha v'lachmecha yoichlu banecha uvnoisecha. That va'achal k'tzircha v'lachmecha. They're going to eat your food. 
we're going to look at it as if they consumed your children. There's a third passage that brings out this point. It says, Now the word Hamas means to steal, right? Hamas. Yet, They didn't kill, they stole. But you see clearly that if somebody steals, it's as if he was night on the Shama. But oh man, finally, there's even a fourth Makar to this. It says, That Shaul was punished for killing the Gevoinim. We'll see what that means in a minute. It says the Gemara, Why do you need all these drushes to tell me the same point? It says, Because I only had the first possible. Okay, if you steal from someone, we look at it as if you killed that person. But he didn't necessarily kill his family. Tashma, the second pasuk, Psar Bonov Ubnoisa. Vichetem, you'll tell me, Hani Milihech, the Yav Deme. Maybe the only time a Gazlin is considered also as if he's a Retzeach, that's if he didn't pay for your Gzela. But if you paid for it, not. And it makes sense, because if you gave him money, even though you're a bad guy, but at the same time, you made him whole. So really, his net is not a loss. Tashma, mi Hamas, B'nei Yehuda, Ashashafchu, Dam, Noki, Ba'artza. What do you see in that pasuk that you consider a Noitel, Nefesh, if you steal, even if you pay for it, it's from the word mechamas. Rashi says, a chamsin is yov deme. So you see, you paid. And after picking, that's the case. This is the last Rashi. Maybe this is only if you did it be a die. So you physically stole from someone. But let's say you were only a grama, meaning you caused somebody to lose something. How do you know? Even then, it's as if you took his neshama tashma. We learned that from the following drush: El Shav or Beis Hadamin Al Ashehimis Hagavayim. There's a tiny Shav for killing the Gavayim. So everyone knows this Chazal. Vichi Hecha Matzino Shaharak Shav Lasak Gavayim. Would he ever find that Shav killed the Gavayim? El Mitoch Shav Noivirakei Hanim Shav Yimasaklim Ma'im Mazen. Being that Shav Amelach killed Noivirakei Hanim. This was the city of Gavayim, and the Gavayim they used to work in the Beis Hamikdash. They had jobs. When he killed all the Gavayim, so naturally they all lost their jobs, and because they lost their jobs, so it comes. That show was a gazlin keilu of the gevoinim. Thus, malal of akasav keilu hargan. The pasuk views it as if he goes, he never killed the gevoinim, but what he did was begrama. He stole from them. He stole their parnasa, and it's for that reason malal of akasav keilu hargan. So, show killed the noiver kehanim, stole bederech grama from the gevoinim. But we have kindness on Shaul for killing, not just noiver kehanim for killing the gevoinim. Why? Because bederech grama. Now, usually, Bedech Grama is, I didn't really do anything. This Grama is a Yana Grama. You are a Retzeach. But you're a Retzeach for Neuver Kehanim. You're a Grama in the Gzela of the Gevoinim. And after Piquet, you're getting punished for what it is you did. Thus, you see that Gzela, even someone that's Goizel, a Shavaprut, said Rabbi Yechanan, it's Kilo Neutel Nishmasai, not one Joshua, not two Joshua's, not three Joshua's. There's actually four Joshua's. Just to mention one Ha'ara, and that is. The Chafetz Chaim in a Sefer Havas Chesed, and this is in Perek Shishi. So he's talking about Chesed. He says that when a person does Chesed, he should know that not only is the person going to be rewarded for the good thing that he did, but any ripple effect and any outcome, even a grum and a garmi that comes about from this Dover Torah that he did, this person is going to be credited for. And he said the truth is that all things that a person does, Whatever it is you do, you're going to be credited for. But it has a special meaning when it comes to chesed. Because if you do chesed with a person, and you are him in a physical way, in a spiritual way, and you get him on his two feet, and he is more productive now 
as a result of this kindness that you showed him, you are going to be credited for all those things that you did. And says the Chafetz Chaim, exhibit A for this idea. And he brings the entire Gemara. So he says like this. From here you can see, get a little bit of an insight into the Anhaga of Shemayim. So he says, you see from this car, somebody steals from someone, it's as if he took away his life. Why? Because taking away food, you never know where that's going to devolve. And not only him, and even for his children. And not just that, Shaul is being punished for killing the Gevoinim. He never killed the Gevoinim. He never did anything bad to the Gevoinim. But in a grumadig way, he caused the Gevoinim to lose their parnasa, which is tantamount to being killed. And as a result, we're judging him literally as if he's a Reitzeach. So it says the Chavetz Chaim that from this you can see when it comes to making all this chishbainas. But then he's Messiah Bekitai. This is in the Sefer Ahavas Chesed. He says, So he says, if that's the case, if somebody gives a dover toiv to his friend, and this person's family benefits from it, and other people around the benefit from it. Any good thing that's going to come from this person that you were mated with. The first person is going to be rewarded. If a person thinks about this, he internalizes it. He literally meditates on it a little bit. He's going to become a chesed machine. All he's going to want to do is do good things for people. Because every gram that's going to come about from the double tape that you did is something that he's going to benefit from. What comes to mind is that the brisker of this is in Sefer Alatoira. It's the very, very, very last tickle. So he brings that Shamati Oid Mi Menuza, referring to his Grace Tata Goyna Chosid, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, that he used to say that we know when a person dies, he gets judged. We also know that at the end of days, there's going to be a Yom HaGodavan Noira where everyone that ever lived is going to come back to life and there's going to be a, a judgment day where every single person is going to be judged for what he did during his lifetime. And he said, Reb Chaim asked that I understand if a person was judged already after he died, why do we have to judge him again? Said Reb Chaim, because when a person is judged, he's not only judged for his actions, he's not only judged for his maizim toivim and for the virus that he did, but he's also judged for all the ripple effect and all the outcome that comes about from the things that he did. Said Reb Chaim, that to fully know the outcome of a person's actions is something that won't be possible until the end of days. In the end of days, when it's going to be all over, when the music's going to stop playing, at that point, and only at that point, will we be able to sit down and make a cheshben, and a person will know, you did a mice of 473 years ago. Well, you know what? 200 years later, there was an impact because of that. And that's not something you'll be able to fully comprehend until the end of this. So Rabbi Chaim said, yeah, when a person dies, it's a din. 
Din Bechesh, but we judge a person, Bashar Rusham. That's always the way Din works. But at the same time, in the end of days, there's going to be another Yay Magad of Anoi. Why at the end of days? Not pumped at the end of days. It could only be at the end of days, because the aside of that Cheshben is now we take the final tally and we make all the final Cheshbainas. That's not something you'll be able to know until Achras Ayyomim. And that's the Oymik of that second Yay Magad of Anoi that's going to be the Achras Ayyom. Either way, going back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said, Rather technically, Avol Loikhin Behuda Klitzemer Ubegalil Klei Pishtan. So the Mishnah says that if you want to buy from women Klitzemer, you can buy them in Yehuda. And if you want to buy from women Kli Pishtan, this is something that you are allowed to buy in the Gala. So we're discussing somebody that wants to buy something from a woman. It's not so Pasha. The reason it's not so Pasha is because a woman certainly on a Rabbanon level, doesn't really have ownership in her possessions. It's complicated. And it's for that reason, there's always a concern. Maybe she's selling it without the consent of her husband. Maybe she's a Ghanav or a Goslin. So to stand by something from a woman, Lavdafka. However, there's certain things Chazal said you could. And the reason is because Rashi says, Zuhi melechas anoshem. This is things that the women they used to work with. They mean that they used to work with Semer and Yehuda and Pishton and the Galil. So therefore, it was understood the husbands allowed them to transact with them. And that's why these things you're allowed to buy. So the Gemara now is going to bring a price that's going to elaborate a little bit on this idea. He never let to buy anything from a child. We assume it's stolen or it's being done without Rishos. Abishol, Abishol said, My cheres isha ba'arba even though a woman is not allowed to sell things other than what's specifically outlined in the Mishnah, but if it's small, it's above Hamisha Dino, then she's allowed to. The reason we allow it is, is sometimes she needs to raise a few dollars to make herself a keeper, something to cover her here. Thus, this is something that's already moved. Addition, the Kulan Amru. Also, anytime you want to buy something from someone and the person says, listen, I'll sell it to you, but Hide it. Like we saw earlier in the daf, it's awesome. It doesn't matter what's being sold. Gabait Stoka, Loikhim Mehen Dovermur. A Gabait Stoka is allowed to go to a woman and ask her for a donation, but only a Dovermur. Avaloi Dovermuruba, something that's a Dovermuruba, that's not going to be okay. Vabadodim, olive presses, Loikhim Mehen Zaysim and Midu. You're allowed to buy a lot of Zaysim, Vashem and Midu, and a lot of oil. Avaloi Zaysim, Vashem and But if you want to buy a little bit of Zaysim, a little bit of oil, that's not something you're allowed to do. The reason is these Badodim, so they're olive pressers. They're service providers. So why are they selling zaysim? Why are they selling oil? So they hush it a little bit, like maybe they stole it. So if they sell a little bit, maybe they stole it. They sell a lot. It's not mistaver that they sold it or that they stole it because it's going to be a little more difficult to do. Thus, that's something that counterintuitively is mutter. So if they sell a lot, it's going to be mutter. Ay Rashi, who has different mahalchim of what these badodim Loikhin zeisim b'mida and shemim b'mida are. Shemim gam liyeloimer loikhin minachin zeisim b'muit begalila elyon. You're allowed to buy from women a little bit of zeisim in the galila elyon. Shapamim adam boish lim kral pesach. Because sometimes a person's embarrassed to sell something so insignificant by the pesach of his bias, so he doesn't want to do this embarrassing thing. So what does he do? He gives it to his wife and he tells his wife to do it. Ravina Ravina once came to Mechuzah. Asu Nashi, the name Mechuzah. So the women came. Ramu Kavli Vashiri. And they started making donations. I guess Ravina was coming, fundraising. He's Ravina, right? Of Ravina and Ravashi fame. 
but the point is, so he comes and the, the women, they were literally bringing their jewelry, giving donations. Kabul Minayu, and he accepted. Amalei Rabbatei's father, Rabbinus, Rabbatei's father, Rabbinus, Vatanya. Didn't we learn, Gabbai, it's stuck in the Kabul and Dabba Mu'ud, Tabba Loi Dabba Meruba. You're allowed to take a Dabba Mu'ud, you're not allowed to take a Dabba Meruba. Amalei, he told him, Hanley, the Bnei Mechuzah Dabba Mu'ud. You know, he says, for the Bnei Mechuzah, that's such givirim, you know, for them to give you their jewelry, it's a Dabba Mu'ud, and as a result, this is not going to be a problem. The Bnei Mechuzah, of course, are uh, legendary throughout Shas for different reasons. One of the reasons is, they were very wealthy. Another reason is they lived a very luxurious lifestyle. There's different Marmachimus on this. The income of Kaimilhach. But just one Ha'ara before we go into the last lap here in Meseches Bavakama. And that is so. The halach is that if somebody wants to buy something or take something, even a gabbait stalker from an isha, it's not so pasha. So what was the halacha regarding a gabbait stalker taking from an isha? This is in a Sefer Shari Zoyar. It's right here. It's the last piece on Masechus Bavakam. I felt we spoke out so much from Reuven Bera Moshe throughout Masechus Bavakam, so just to be Messiah. Al Derech He says that there's a Zoyar HaKadosh and Parshas Noyach. So the Zoyar is above my pay grade, but just the words. Fayoyim Rashem L'Noyach Boy Ata V'chol Beisam Am Reb Every time Hashem speaks to Noyach and Parshas Noyach, the Pasik describes HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the Shem Elohim. Here it says, Vayoymer Hashem Lenoyach, Boy Ata Vachol Beischa. Maishna Hacha, the Itmer Hashem, Shma Eloy Derachme, which we know is the Shem Amidas Arachme. El, Rosa Iu Doilifna. Says the Zayar Kaddish. The reason it says this words is because this Zayar, the pasuk, is coming to teach us something. It's not okay for a woman to invite a guest into her house unless she has permission from her husband. And we learn that from the fact that which one of the Shemois invites Noyach into the table, it's Vayemer Hashem L'Noyach, Boy Ata V'chol Beisro. Not only Kim Hashem, and this is coming to teach me that the woman in the house does not have Rishos to invite someone in. It's only the man in the house. Says Rebbe from Ragolis, L'chur the Pshat in the Zayra Kodesh is, this is a halacha, Rosa Iu Do'ilifno, coming to teach us a halacha. It's based on the Gemara that we just learned, that a Gabbite stalker is allowed to be makabal from a woman, a Dover Mu'at, not a Dover Gabbite. And vice versa, for a person to go to someone else's house, that in Hilchah stalker is not a Dover Mu'at, that's a Dover Gabbite. And because it's a Dover Gabbite, some woman doesn't have a right to do it. And dosh teita l'chura in this Zayra Kaddish. So he says that we know the story of, with Elisha and the Isha Hashunamis. So this Isha Hashunamis wanted to invite Elisha into her house, but she goes to her husband. She asks permission from her husband to invite this person, Elisha, into her house. Says Rabbi Ruben Margolis, why did she ask, have to ask her husband permission? Because on her own, this is not something she would have been able to do. That's the Zayra Kaddish. And he adds one knech. The Pasuk refers to this woman as an Isha Gedoyla. So what's a Gedoyla? He says, the Gemara says in Bava Metziah, Daf Yud Beis. 
right around the corner. Gadol v'soymech al shulchan aviv is nikra katan. A gadol is someone that's self-sufficient. And the Pasuk is coming to say that despite the fact she was an isha gadolah and she was self-sufficient, but there's still an inyan. Lav oirich ara. L'kabla itzim shpizabada ele b'rishu baila. But the bottom line is, is that this Pasuk in Malachim, Pasuk, she's asking your husband Rishos, but you can't just invite someone into your house. But there's a halachic component to it as well, based on desire and really based on this Gemara that we just learned here in Bava he just says one gishmak gezach and it's dava bi'ita in the parshas that we're learning right now. The pasuk says in parshas vayakel. So vayakel pekude is when the instructions of truma tetzav and kisisa are actually executed on. And the pasuk says v'chol ish ashenim tzeita every man that had with him tchelas v'argomon v'telashoni v'sheish v'izim v'iris elam adamim v'iris tchasha heviu kol meirim trumas kesef v'nechoshes heviu as trumas hashem v'chol ashenim tzeita yatzit shitim v'chol melech savoyde heviu everybody brought whatever they had v'chol isha chachmasle what did the women do they also contributed they biadel tavo. They spun with their hands. And they took from this that they spun. So we know that the men and the women both contributed to the Malach Samishkan. Obviously not for now. But the Rambam in Hilchas Beis Abchir, Perek Alef Aloche Yudbei says, Every single person has an obligation to give up and how do we know that? Like the Mikdash and the Midbar. It wasn't just the men that got involved. It was the women that got involved as well. But is, what did the men give? Everything. What did the women give? They took from what they were working on and that's what they gave. Why was that all they gave? That's a Mishnah. Because a man has a balbas. He can do whatever he wants. A woman says the Mishnah, Avaloikin from the Noshim, Klitzemeh b'Yehuda, Viklipishtam b'Galil, and Zoktehele Garashi. What's the reason? Zuhi melechas anoshim. This is something that they work with. And because this is what they work with, so they have a gerech now to transact with it. That's why this is the only thing that was taken. Now, the Kana Ben Shoyal, you're going to ask the Kasha, didn't women bring jewelry? Right, the Pasuk says that the women brought jewelry. So if they brought jewelry, so it's not true what we're saying. You see clearly. So if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that they brought the jewelry. It says, The men and the women brought it together. If you take a look at the Sforna, Zok the Sforna, Vayavoyu ha Noshim al Noshim, Im ha Noshim ha Misvat Nadvois, Bo ha Noshim Shalohem Lahaskim Benedava. You know what the pasuk is saying is the women were the ones really that brought the jewelry, but Vayavoyu ha Noshim al Noshim, the men came together with the women, and the reason they came was to consent to say we're okay with this transaction, and the reason is Kadesh Yikablu ha Gaba Mehem. So the Gabam should accept it. Because the Allah is, he can't take from a woman only a Dover Mu'at. I am Bavakama Kofiyo Tesamaral. And that's the reason. So, as it relates to all the Schaira that they were spinning and weaving, that, they're Balabus. That's something they're allowed to bring. But as it relates to the jewelry, that already had to be by Avoyu Hanoshim Al Hanoshim. Either way, on that note, Fasten our seatbelts. We're going to finish Mesechus Bavakama. So it's actually so 
interesting in that Bavakama starts off so lumpish. And you could spend a year literally learning the first sugi, the first five blood, the Masechtas Babakama, and Lo'umas, the Lundish note with which the Masechta begins, it's literally on a technical note, which is the way that the Masechta ends. Every time we learn a Gemara like this, we make the disclaimer. Sometimes it's we're not farmers, today it's we're not weavers, we're not tailors, we're not launderers. Again, not the way it was done once upon a time. <laughs> so we're talking about a launderer. Someone took his wool garment and he gave it to a kaivis to wash. In the washing process, the soaking of these wools, uh, some threads would come out. So the Allah is the kaivis allowed to keep them. However, any threads that came out during the soyrek process, that already goes back to the balabais. So after a beged was laundered, we're going to say this as if we know what we're talking about, after the beged was laundered, so the next process was what was known as srika. In English, it's called teasling, if that helps. So the beged was taken and it was stretched out. The reason it was stretched out is because it would shrink a little bit during the laundry process. So they would stretch it out and then they would comb it just to make sure that you know all the wools were in the right direction that you wanted it to be. You have the chassis, the area, you don't want it to be all over the place. So there's this srika process. During the srika, threads would also come out. So the threads that came out, the kovis is allowed to keep. The threads that come out, that goes back to the balabayas. And the reason is very simple. The threads that come out during the kvisa are much more minimal. Thus, we assume that the owner is meyayish. He doesn't need them. He's mafkarit. It's understood. You're going to wash my clothing. Included in that, you can keep these threads. If you want them, you can have them. As opposed to the threads that come out during this teaseling process, they're a little bit more significant. He's not mafkarit. They go back to the balabais. Hakoives noitel gimel chutin. The koives is allowed to pull out three chutin, the hein shaloi, and he's allowed to keep them. Yes, if he can. Any more threads that he pulls out, hein shabalabais, go back to the balabais. So the background to this halach is that when a beged we're dealing with wool and begotten. We're woven. So what they would do is they would sew like a hem. And the hem was is that they would take three threads and they would sew them into the garment just to keep the edge the way they wanted it to be. When the koives would wash the beged, he would remove the chutin. So the Mishnah, he gets to keep the chutin. So the three chutin that are usual and customary to be, that that is allowed to keep, more than that, he's not allowed to keep. And the reason is because really the person doesn't need those in there. In fact, as we'll see from the next words of the Mishnah, sometimes they didn't even look like they were part of the beggar. It could be a different color. And being that the owner of the beggar doesn't really need it, so this is part of the perks of being a kaivis, he gets to keep it. Let's say these threads were more than three, but they were also black threads, and the beggar was white. So it was like a real eyesore. They really didn't belong there. Then then the person, he doesn't even want any of them. Take it, they're all going to be yours. What happens if you have a tailor? And the tailor, yeah, he makes a baguette, a custom suit, and then he has some leftover fabrics. So if he has chut left over, that's big enough that you should be able to sew with it. Or, or he chopped off a block of fabric that's three by three. That goes back to the balabayas. So if the chut is big enough that you can sew with it, or if the block is a gimel a gimel, so that's already considered significant, thus the halach is that it goes back to the balabayas. If 
it's anything smaller than that, he's going to be allowed to keep it. So we turn our attention from the launderer to the teasler to the tailor to the carpenter. So a carpenter who's sawing, he's hacking holes. So anything that he cuts with a matzit, so a matzit is a small tool, if there's any shirayim, any leftover, Ariel Shaloi, he gets to keep it. If, however, he uses like a big hacker, Shabalabayas, that goes to the Balabayas. And the difference is similar to what we said earlier. If you use a small tool, so any shirayim is going to be small. If you use one of these big axes, and now all of a sudden you got this huge thing that you don't need for this thing that you're trying to make, then I'm not mevater on. That goes back to the Balabais. So, this is all true. If this person is a higher contractor, get the job done. Make me a suit, uh, make me a, a desk, and I'm going to pay you for it. But let's say this person is an hourly, hourly employee, meaning he walks into the Balabais' house, or he's in the sense he's simply working for him. In that case, even the Nisarim, even the sawdust belongs to the Balabais. If you're a per diem employee, so you don't get to keep anything. Everything, all the Shirayim, even the Nisarim, which is super insignificant, Everything belongs to the Baalbais. So again, what did the Mishnah say about the Koives? It said that you're allowed to... The Koives is allowed to keep any threads that come out during the laundry process. Additionally, he's allowed to pull out these three chutin that were put there by the weaver just to keep everything in place. So the Baalbais says that if you want to buy muchin from a Koives, you're allowed. But the reason is, if they change a life. That's what the Mishnah said. It was the first halach of the Mishnah. He's allowed to keep those threads. Thus, if you want to buy from him, you could buy from him. Hakoivis wants to take two chutin, he could take two chutin. What's the obvious kasha? The Mishnah said three. The Brisa says two. The Gemara is going to ask this kasha. Another halacha. Now, this part of the Brisa is talking to the Soyre. So the Sarek, we said, was the person who got involved with this baggage right after the laundry process. So what would he do? The first thing he would do is stretch it out because it shrunk a little bit. And then he would smooth it, he would comb it, and you know, do his malacha with it. Now, when they used to stretch, just reading from Rashi, this baguette, so the way they would stretch it is they would put it on nails. So you take the four corners of the baguette and they would put it on these four nails. Now, they didn't want the actual baguette to be on the nail. And the reason is, very simply, because it's going to poke a hole in the nail. That's not something you want to do. So they would t- sew a, a little something, a piece of fabric, into the baguette and take that fabric and attach that to the nail. Then they would cut it off. And like this, everything would be okay. Now, what would happen is, even though they would stretch it in a way where you're not poking a hole in the baguette, but at the same time, if you stretch a baguette and you stretch it on its four corners, the corners are going to become a little flimsy and they're going to stick out and protrude a little bit more than the rest of the baguette, right? They're a little more stretched out than everything else. So eventually what they would smooth out this baguette, I mean, they would chop it. So like this, you didn't have those funny fringes or different parts of the beggar that would be a little bit disproportionate. It's with that background, Zok de Braisa, that if you're going to sew something into the corner of the beggar, don't sew more than three stitches. Right? You shouldn't have more than these hooks. And the reason is, is because the more you have, the firmer these hooks are, right? these fabrics that you're putting there, using them as proverbial hooks, the tighter it's going to stretch Thus, the more you're going to have to chop off when you want to make it even, 
Thus, the more the owner is going to lose. And Rashi adds, the reason the owner is going to lose is because we're going to see soon that the Sayyid gets to keep this piece that he chops off. So being that he gets to keep it, so ultimately it's coming at a loss to the owner. And being that it's coming at a loss to the owner, therefore don't do more than three chuvin. We don't want it to be too strong. Because counterintuitively, the stronger it is, so the more of a hefzit in the long run, it's going to be, t- you think it, it's stronger, it's better for the Baalbite. It's actually going to be worse because you can end up chopping it. And the uh, Sayyidics can end up keeping it, therefore you shouldn't do it that way. Another halacha. When you are Sayyidic the Beged, you should not be Sayyidic on the chassis side. Rather, the way you should be Sayyidic is on the Erev side. We'll see more about that in a second. So they used to stretch it out on the four corners. Now we mentioned that they're going to chop it off just to make it even. So when they chop it, they would chop it and even it along the length of the baguette as opposed to along the width of the baguette. So if you can visualize, let's say it's in the top corner. So you have to even it. Should I even it along the length or should I even it along the width? That's what the Braissa says. You Let's say you're coming to be mashved, you're going to chop off. Is there like a shear of how much? Like don't Go past this amount. The answer is yes. A tefach. Rashi, you can do it up to a tefach. More than that, you're not allowed to do. Okay, so there's a lot to analyze. Number one, I'm a shnei chutin. We said that the kovitz is allowed to pull out two chutin. But not until the mishnah said shloish shor three chutin. Like more like kasha habalim. You have the simple. Bigger threads or smaller threads? It's two big threads, which are three small threads. For the yisrei kabeged l'shesyoy. So you're not allowed to be soyrek the beged along the shesi side. It has to be the Erev side, right? The Shasi of Erev, we know what that is. So you can't do it the Shasi way, you have to do it the Erev way. Faith more of a tiny bit into the Braisna, it just the opposite. That you can't do it for the Erev, you have to do it for the Shasi. So the Gemara says, like Kasha, ha, big glima. One is talking about the glima, ha, besarbala, and the other one is talking about a coat. So glima is, is clothing that people used to wear every day. Sarbala, you know, that's your power suit. That's like the best thing that you have. And that's the difference. And the difference is really bit predicated on the following, that if you're going to do it on the chassis way, then what's going to happen is it's going to be very, very nice. It's going to be very, very chashev. But at the same time, it seems that it beat up the beggar to the point that it makes it a little easier to tear. So if you're dealing with a beggar that you wear every day, you're more sensitive to having sturdy begadim than having nice begadim. So there you have the halacha, don't do it for the chassis. Rather, you should do it for the Erev. The Braisner that says that you should do it for do it for the chassis, not for the Erev. It's about something that you only put on for Choshev events. Oh, something like that, like a Sarbala, Rashi says, also the Kavadul So then we'd rather you do it for the chassis, because it's not something you wear every day anyways. So we don't care so much how durable it is. We want it to look as nice as it could. It's actually going to look nicer if you do it the chassis way than if you do it the Erev way. Again, super technical, but the bottom line is, that is the Chilat. So the Bryson said that you're not allowed to put more than three stitches into these Lulois, these hooks that you put on the corner of the Begadim when the Seirik used to stretch it out. Hey, Rabbi Yirmiya, this is classic Rabbi Yirmiya. So when a person weaves a stitch, right, so you bring it in and then you pull it back out. Is that one stitch or is that two stitches? Meaning, when we say you have three, is it in, out, and in, 
or it's every in and out is considered one. So when you smooth it out, you knock off those edges, the areas that are a little bit too stretched, you do it along the length of the bag and not along the width of the bag. But I'm going to the rice and just the opposite, do it along the width and not along the length. So the Gemara says, like Kasha, a regular baguette, a glima, something that a person uses every day, that you should do along the length. Himyoni is a garakal, that you're supposed to do along the width. And really, the chilik is which part of the baguette is going to be exposed? What are you going to see? A glima, you see the length of the baguette. Being that you see the length of the baguette, we prefer you do it along the length. As opposed to himyoni, the garakal, the only thing you saw was like the sides that stuck out, and that's actually the width. And because it's the width, so you want to smoothen out the width. You want to chop off, make nice the part that's going to be exposed. You're not allowed to buy from the side. The Mishnah said that that any threads of wool that come out during the Srika process, the Sarek's not allowed to keep. Therefore, you're not allowed to buy from it. If the minute was that he keeps it, he's allowed to keep Any time a person wants, you're allowed to buy a pillow that's filled with moichin, or a keset that's filled with moichin. My time, what's the reason? So if this person wants to sell you moichin, you can't buy it. But let's say he made from it pillows and blankets and mattresses and mices and zachin. Then you're allowed to buy it. You know why? Because he was kind of a shinoi. Terrible what he did. But Lamaisa, he was kind of a shinoi. And therefore, if you want to buy it, this is something that you are going to be allowed to do. So the mission now is going to mention some additional technical things related to the weaving process that you are not allowed to buy. I'm just going to read it in English. You're not allowed to buy from a weaver. You're so Iran are woolen stoppers. Rashi explains what they are. Veloy nirin heddles. Veloy punkolin tapestry bobbins. Veloy shenure pkiyos or any leftover thread. Rashi incidentally says what these words mean in Old French. I think the English is maybe slightly more meaningful, so we just said it in English. Avoloy kamehem says the brayso. If you want, you're allowed to buy. From them, beged menumer. You're allowed to buy a beged that's menumer. So this is a beged that's right made like a, a number is a leopard, right? So it's made up of all these different uh, colors. Erev v'shesi. You're allowed to buy threads, either the erev thread or the shesi thread. Tavoy. You're allowed to buy thread that was spun. The arig, and you're allowed to buy thread that was spun and then later woven into a proper baguette. So you have all these things that you're not allowed to buy from a weaver stating that if you want to buy from him a beggar manumer, these things you can buy. Rashi says the Chiddush of beggar manumer is, you know, if some weaver suddenly is selling you a baguette and it's the shirayim of every person that you daven with suit, it certainly looks like this person's a ganon, right? That's, if she sells you one, okay, it's a blue suit, per se. But I mean, it's pretty obvious this, this man's been up to something and uh, he figured this is another stream of revenue if he starts taking all the shirayim and making something out of it, kamash malan, it doesn't matter. You're allowed. And the reason is, by the way, he's coming with shinoi. That's the reason. And therefore, it's going to be fine. But the one has one technical question, and that is: see, so you're telling me that you're allowed to buy from him the spun threads, and then you're allowed to buy a woven beggar that was made with spun threads. Amri the tavush akli. If you're allowed to buy the actual threads, arig buy it, right? That's already a whole step further. So it's bechlam asayimana. Certainly, something you should be allowed to do. The Mar says, my arig tiki. When we say Arig, what we're actually referring to is a baguette that's made not with spun threads. So it's two separate things. Number one, you can buy threads that were spun. That in and of itself is enough of reason for you to be able to buy it. And if you took it then and you, or and if you had threads that were not spun and you made a baguette out of it, that's something that's going to be okay. Tanur Rabban, not Saba. You're buy from a dyer. Loi oisois. So oisois is wool that was used 
for testing. So Rashi says, if somebody would go to a tzafa and he would say, could you make me something? Okay, what color would you like it to be? I'd like it to be this color. They would have like a little sample, a little testing. V'loy dugmois. So dugmois is also a sample, but Rashi teaches us a little bit different. Rashi says, this is a sample that the balabus brings to the artisan and he says, you know, I have this, I'd like you to make something else that matches this. So the oisois is the tzaba is making this trial to see if the customer is going to be okay with it. The dugma is something that's brought by the actual customer. Either way, you're not allowed to buy from a tzaba, not the oisis, not the dugmois. The loit lushin shelt semer, additionally, you're not allowed to buy any shreds of wool. However, you're allowed to buy a, a, a beged that's already tzavua. Tavui, you're allowed to buy from him spun threads. Ubegadim, or begadim that were made from spun threads. At least that's what it sounds like. So the Gemara says, If you're allowed to buy the spun threads, you're allowed to buy the begadim that was made from the spun threads. It's not the Gemara. My begadim, namti. No, it's two separate things. This begadim that come from these spun threads that you can buy in of itself because once you spin it, you're already allowed to buy it from him. Namti is, Rashi says, namti is feltish. Felt. So that's something that's not made with spun threads. That's something you're certainly going to be allowed to buy. Tanu Rabban. So we now turn our attention to a tanner. Somebody gives hides to a tanner to process. So any trimmings, right? Anything that gets cut off during this tanning process, or any wool that gets turned off, they all belong, that, that gets torn off, they belong to the Balabais. Anything that comes off while the beggar is being rinsed, that belongs already to the tanner. Either way, going back to the Mishnah. It's saying, Hoyu Shachar So we saw in the Mishnah that uh, Kaivis is allowed to pull out some of these threads and he's allowed to keep them for himself. Right? Three threads you're allowed to take. Price is said two. It depends small threads, big threads. If it was black and white, you're allowed to take all of them. Um, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Katsrishme. We know that in Aramaic, in Lashen Chazal, a Kaivis is referred to as a Katsra. And the reason is, pun intended, said Rabbi Yehuda, the katsra shakaleh. Because when he shortens a baguette, right, he has a right to do that. Um, Rabbi Yehuda said, hakol oilun minyan tchelos. Interesting halacha. So we know that when you make tzitzes, there's a certain distance that it has to be to the corner of the baguette. There's a shulchanarach of where exactly you put it. So here's the shayla. These threads that the koivus is going to take out, is that considered part of the baguette when you compute where exactly you're going to put the tzitzes, or it's not considered part of it. So said Rabbi Yehuda, Kol oil, the entire bag, and even those threads count. When it comes to cheshbenin the tcheles, the word tcheles is lavdafka, tcheles means tzitzes, the yitzchak beri, but Rabbi Yehuda said, my son yitzchak, is makbid, he's kapit he's very, very makbid, he doesn't take it into consideration because he's worried it's going to be taken out, so this is something he has a kapit on. So the Mishnah said that if you have a tailor that has leftover thread, so the Allah is, if it's lit for, but it's big enough to sew something with it, so then it goes back to the balabayas. Or if he has leftover fabric, if it's gimel al gimel, it goes to the balabayas. Anything smaller than that, not. What does it mean? It's big enough, you should be able to sew with it, Amrav Asi, Rav Asi said, It has to be a little bit bigger, the thread has to be taller than the size of the actual macha. So you have the needle, it has to be a little bigger than the needle. And Rashi says, if the chut matches the needle, then it's not functional, you can't do anything with it. So it has to be a little bit bigger. So the Gemara says, They want to try to understand this When we say, Does it mean that it has to be not just a little bigger? 
But that additional size has to be the size of an actual machat, like it has to be the double the size of a machat. The size of the machat. And a tiny more, that's going to be enough. Toshma, the tiny one to the price. If Chayat left over a chut, that's or if there's a matlis, a piece of material that's less than shalosh shalosh, what's the alchem? It's much about makbid alein. If the balz makbid or elshal balbeis goes to balbeis, it's about makbid alein. If the balbeis is not makbid or elshal he gets to keep it. Now the Bryce is really saying something similar to the Mishnah, but the Baal Bryce is talking about what happens if it's less than. Right? The Mishnah said that if it's they lit for the chot, or if the matlis is gimel al gimel, so then the alachis goes to the balbeis. What if it's less than? So the Bryce, the Mishnah didn't say that. That's because the Mishnah talks Balashim Ksara. The Bryce is a little wordier. So the Bryce says the Michlala Vatashemeyehe. So the Bryce, what if it's less than? So it's not for Pashim, rather. It's totally in the Kpeda of the Balabais. Now, I'm Rabbishlam, Mulay Machab Chutzamacha, Kim Loy Machab. Bishlam, if you're telling me when it says Mulay Machab Chutzamacha, it means that the Chutzamacha is the share of the Machab. Pachas Mikan. So I understand what the Bryce means that if the Balabais is Machab, even when it's less than, what does it mean? Because what's Pachas Mikan? Chazi Lasichso. You can use it for something. So Rashi says, what's this sikhsa? Chavin shepirashnu lamayla. It's those chavin, it's those stitches that the teasler, that the sayrik used to put on the corner of the bagad, that Rashi was mefarish lamayla. It means the first Rashi on the omen. It means that is something that could have been very, very small. Thus, it's going to be something you can use it for. But if you're going to tell me that what's the shear of a maloy machat for chutz machat? A tiny more. So pachas mikal, you can't have less than that. You can't have less than a mashu. And if you have less than that, it's not anything you can do anything with. So by definition, if you have a b'raisa that talks about what's ta'loch, if it's a tiny bit less than that, and sometimes it's a k'peda the balabayas, so it must be the shear is a bigger shear. It's not just a mashu more. El ha'shmamina m'loy machat, v'chutz l'machat, k'mloy machat. Shmamina must be that when we say chutz l'machat, the chutz l'machat is not just a mashu chutz l'machat, but the chutz l'machat is a full m'loy machat. Masha ha'chorosh v'chul. So the Mishnah ended talking about the carpenter. So the carpenter who's cutting wood. So if he uses a matzeh, that's like a small tool, then anything that comes off, he's allowed to keep, because it's probably small. And the balabayas says mevater. If he uses a kotshel, he uses something big, so then it goes to the balabayas. And if he was doing this work in the house of the balabayas, which Rashi explains means he's an hourly employee, that even the nesara, even the sawdust, belongs to the balabayas. I'll ask you a on what we just said. Anything that the Chorosh takes off with a matzod, the Hanifsak Bimegero, or anything that comes off using a saw, Hare Elu, Shel Balabayas. So these things belong to the Balabayas. Any sawdust that comes off from underneath the Makdeach, the Makdeach is a drill, Umetachas Rehitni, or from underneath the Rehitni, that's some sort of scissor, like some sort of saw. Vahanigra Bimegeira, or any sawdust that comes off using a Megeira, Hare Elushaloi, that lochi is, that's something that you're allowed to keep. But the bottom line is, the beginning of the Bryce has said, Masha Chorosh Moitzi Bimatzad, Checkmate. The mission said just the opposite. The mission said anything comes off from the matzah is considered small. Thus, the is, what do you do with it? You're allowed to keep it. Here you see not that way. Amar Rava, so Rava said, we're getting involved a little bit in semantics. But as for the Tana Didon, the Tana of our Mishnah, there were two types of tools that were used. The Rabasi Korilok Shil, the bigger one was used the Kshil, and the small one was called the Matzah. 
And that's why the Mishnah makes the distinction between the two. But as for the Tan of Bra, as opposed to the Tan of Debraisa, in his place, Chaduhu de Ika, all the one was one. And the one that was there was big, the Karle Matzid. And it used to be called a Matzid. I mean that it was called a Matzid. So it's not the same tool. Meaning the Matzid of the Braisa is the Kshil of the Mishnah. But the Allah is the same. The Allah is if you're using a small tool, you can keep it. Using a big tool, so then you have to give it back. Vimhoya, Oitza, Hoya, Oitza, Eitza, Balabais. So the Mishnah said if the person's doing this on the the premises of the Balabai is then the Allah is he's not allowed to keep anything. Someone that chisels stones. So the Allah is that if he keeps all the little pieces that come off while he's chiseling, he's allowed to. There's no gazela on his part. If you want to buy it from him, you're allowed to buy it from him. Mefaske somebody that prunes trees, Mefaske Kfanin. He prunes grapevines. Menakfehigi. He prunes thorn bushes. Menakshezroim. Or he prunes stam tfua that's growing. Vaudre yerokois. Or he prunes vegetables. If the balabais has makbid on the things that he's plucking out, yechbehemishum gazel, then you're not allowed to keep it. In balabais makbid aleim. If the balabais is not makbid, in that instance, he would be allowed to keep it. Amr Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda said, Koshois. Haps of beer fame. Vichazes, an unripened grain. Ain behem yishom gazel. There's no gazel. Which the Rishonim say sounds a little bit like it means that if you just want to walk into someone's field and just take his hops or his grains that are not properly ripened, you're allowed to. Which the Rishonim have a big problem. Ayin Chum. Says the Gemara, however, Rabbi Yehuda talking, there's no gazel. Ask me the capti. If, however, you live in a place where people are makbid, yesh behemishum gazel, then there is going to be gazel. Amr Ravina, Ravina said, as it relates to the city of Masa Mechasya, Asra the capti, this is a place where people were makbid. Hadun Allah, Hagazel Basra, Vesleek Allah, Vesechis Bavakama. Just to end with a hergish, the CM Bez Hashem is going to be tomorrow night, but just to end with one her- Thursday night, but just to end with one hergish, and that is, you know, we mentioned the Ram Shif in the beginning of Perak, Agoizel Michael, that the Ram Shif says that Mesechtis Bavakama began our Ba'avis Nazikin, and it ends with Gzela. And he says, really, it's a little Tzarek beer, why it ends with Gzela? First of all, why Gzela? And the frat, Hashor, Vahabar, Vahamava, Vahaheather, Maver, is Adam, maybe, and if that's the case, you should go Kaseder. We should have ended with Hever. It's the fourth of the Abravi Sazikin. Why do we end with Gzela? And his Lishloini Azov is half of I'll just read it again. He said, Nachsel in your name. Ki achre shesayim bechsimas hamasechta bedine gezel. Vetama dover shesayim boze. The reason is because the Kadmoinim said that the oven of Gzela is very common. The tachlis of the year is yontif. Tachlis yom and toivim yom kipper. Tachlis yom kipper ni'ilo. And what are we diving for by ni'ilo? Umispalulim lahatzel me oishik yodeno. Vatam afpaze efshaloi malafio emes. But mashomru chazal kates kol baso loy nechtem zardinon ela ala ges ubemedrish amar rabbi yochanan kol chav zayin avoynis choshebi yecheskel umikulam loy chasan ela ala ges vekivon shachsima ala gesel lozebet filas niilo shahuz man hachsima mespalolim lahatzel meyotchik yodeno ulozehu valonu bechsimas hamesaches dine gesel av dove sheroi vaolam emakpidan alav filios chomer kol kach. So therefore it ends with this. But if you look at the words of the Maram Shif, he's saying another connection. So we mentioned the Maram Shif already. But he's saying something else. You know what he's saying? 
Think about Bava Kama for a second. It ended on such an interesting note, right? This is in the conversation of maybe the most famous in China. It's up there, right? It's, it's, it's on a short list, right? It's such a hard Masechta. It's, it's not shy. It's such an intense, and the whole Masechta, Mamish pounding away, bludgeoning us. Daf after daf, it was chayvul in us every single daf. It was like your omen, what was going on. And how do we end? We end Mamish on the most... Ta- so you're a koivis, you're a weaver, I could take two threads, I could take three threads, like vas tutzach Shif says, you know what the hergish is? The hergish is kama kasha ovring That's what's going on over here. We finish Bava Kama on the most technical, masa mechasya asra the kaptehu, that's the chasimo. You should know something that no one's ma'a, the masa mechasya da ma'akbid. Hakol hoylech achar achitom. And that's why we ended Bava Kama with agoizel eitzim and agoizel omaychel. But the chasimo of the chasimo, the last line, the last Amid above a Contrast that with the first Amid above a It's so technical. Exactly. That was the whole point. The point was to end Bavakama on an extremely technical note. To know that the Kovis can take three threads, but not four. And the Soyrik Ahin and this guy I had. And when you sew the Tchivois in to stretch it out, don't do more than three because you're going to have to trim it. And trim it along the length and don't trim it along the width. We didn't even know what was going on in this last Amid. Because you had to be there to fully appreciate it. But really what we're supposed to take away is not when we become a weaver, how many threads we're going to be entitled to. The Nakud over here is, the Nakud is and how sensitive a person has to be with Mom and Chavere. That's the Hergish here at the end of Masechus Babakam of Ezra Hashem. Nocha Hergish Morgan. And we will stop here.